Episode 178 The move with the Rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I pissed my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. Believe it or not, we do not get paid for this. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Frank, and Bill. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's Half Hour Wasted. Why do I sound like I'm echoing in my own head? Um, uh, probably because Frank's not here. Is episode there's one? Just, there's a lot more room in the room. That's true. If you know episode what I mean. Episode one seventy seven, right? Is that what this is? Uh, How does that tie into uh, Monty Python? Maybe it's one seventy eight. There's going to be one one of those uh, those mathematical disciplines that uh, attaches uh, numerical significance to anything. It's one seventy eight. Oh well, that's even better. Okay, well that makes perfect sense then. I wonder if we're still recording. That's a good question. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. sound like I'm echoing in my own head. I feel a little, uh, I feel a little extra. Do in I my sound head right echoey now? to you? No, not so much. Well, that's maybe because I'm hearing it in my head and my earphones at the same time. Okay. Well, does that happen every show though? Oddly enough, no. For some reason, it sounds different. Uh, I wonder if it's because you were listening to the. Uh, the zoomy zoom zoom zoom. You know what? Maybe it's delayed just a bit. Ooh, it's kind of a confidence like thing. Like a microsecond. Yeah. And so you're so, like you're real flanging your own voice, huh? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> Episode one seven eight. That's right. Call it. So uh so I didn't do a liner. No, I got a I got that covered in post. I, I love our sponsors. They're nice. They're good people. We don't have sponsors this episode because this is probably just a throwaway episode. Well, I hope this is going to be an official episode at least. Oh, it is. It's 178. If it okay, gets a number, okay. All right. If it gets a number, it's official. Okay. Because, you know, I've never had it. I've never official. had the voice box has never been uh, sponsored. Maybe I need to work on that. Did you listen to our mm-hmm. um, episode 177 with the T-Pain stuff? Um, No. Okay. Then you didn't hear me auto-tune you when you were talking about one of the people in the middle of the Starship Captain bit. There's one part where you went, oh, and I put the little auto-tune on that. It's pretty awesome, actually. It does sound rather funny. So where's Frank? It was rather witty, wasn't it? He's busy. Busy? He's too busy to join us. Is he chasing skirts or something? I don't know, but Bill and I have been wanting to do this for quite a long time. Apparently Frank is not, so thanks, Frank. And Bill's the only person that'll watch this movie with me. Mm. And I'm going to try really hard not to just say the lines Okay. as we comment on this. Well, I could put the subtitles on the screen if you would like to just read along with it. No, but we need the we subtitles. Since we have the audio down, we need the and subtitles. We, we could like real flange each other. Oh, dear. That's going to f- keep falling, and That's, it's probably going to stop in the yeah. middle of recording. We probably just better sit it right there. And, that uh, looks good to me. Yeah, it's a solid red light, which last I heard is probably the way it's supposed to go. Yeah. So, yeah, it says what uh, – oh, that's the play record button. That's also confusing because it uh, could be playing or it could be recording. 
We really have no idea. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a movie commentary for mm-hmm. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And we are using the Ultimate Definitive Final Special Edition DVD. Yes. Which contains a glorious extra 24 seconds absolutely free, mm-hmm. according to the That's back of good. the DVD. Because that movie was expensive enough. I'd hate to have to pay extra for that extra 24 seconds. I can't remember when this DVD was actually published. After this it is, says 2001. After this is over, uh, then we're going to do a commentary for uh, uh, Lego's Monty Python. So stick around for that. Is there a Lego Monty Python? It's on disc, too. We're, oh, I mean, we're, doing, right. we're doing both discs, right? No, just one. Well, okay. Just one. I guess we have two. So what we've done is we put the disc in, and those of you familiar with this disc will know that there's something strange that happens at the beginning when you start to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. But only the first time you lo- the first time you load it. So if you load it and start watching and get into the movie and then try to go back to it, it won't be there. Right. It's a weird thing. So what we've done is we put the movie in, and we hit play movie, and then as soon as it went black, we paused it. So what we're going to do is give you a, we're going to give you a three, two, one, and it'll lead into the thing that's on the disc mm-hmm. before the movie. Yes. So this is basically the equivalent of waiting for the lion to start roaring uh, to start uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Only it's half hour wasted and Monty Python. Other than that, it's totally the same. So for those of you who have never seen this movie, uh, you're an idiot. And we feel sorry for you. And you might want to watch it before you listen to this. So, apparently, Frank, since he's not here, he's busy at work. We couldn't get together for regular recording, so we started to talk about doing this. And Frank said, I'll just supply my own segment for the episode. Mm -hmm. So, if he gives it to me by the time it's time to publish this, then you'll hear Frank at the end of this. If not, then it's just a Brad and Bill show. Yeah. Which is fine. Which y'all might appreciate. I mean, there's been a There's been a Brad and Frank show, and there's been a frank and bill show but there's never been a brad and bill show that's a good point 178 of these suckers and we've never sat down to do one just by our lonesomes maybe we'll just keep frank out of this for for on purpose maybe we'll uh we'll we'll make him uh like i've got i've got the voice box uh maybe we'll uh have him uh we'll have like captain corner's corner or something you know what kills me volume one instead of just walking one foot out of his way yeah. to go around that post. Okay. That cat decided to just jump over the fence. Right. Instead of just walking and staying on the ground. Well, the well, he can't get it's like a gate. He can't get through it. On the other side, there's still a gate too. Well, the gate is like a solid object roughly, and uh-huh. so there's not like a passageway underneath. Otherwise, all the animals we keep trapped out there usually chained to a radiator. Um, I mean, on the other are, side of that, uh-huh. there's another gate over there. Well, I mean, the gate, there's there's no opening, so you have to go over it. Oh, that's a window. Indeed, yes. I was thinking that was a walkthrough. It's a window. No, sir. No, sir. That is, a uh, that is in fact, a plate glass window. In fact, that's one of my favorite features of the house. A uh, uh, real estate agent told us when we moved in, said, these all these plate glass windows, uh, these aren't safety glass. So if one of your kids decides to pitch a ball through it or, say, go through it themselves, uh, they might just, like, cut themselves in half that's awesome i thought so too i said it's sold man maybe when you're not looking i'll throw a cat at the window and see what happens yeah, so we'll probably have uh we two should cats. tell it, we should tell everybody it though. might be like worms though you know where all of a sudden you cut the cat in half and then it turns into two cats which would or like be self-defeating for you like that episode of uh aqua mm-hmm. teen hunger force where shake gets tired of meatwad and oh, saws no. him in half and then there ends up being two meatwads that's exactly what i'm afraid of 
In fact, I'm terrified of that. By the end of that episode, there was like a hundred meat wads. Because let me tell laying you, around. Even and though only two of them had eyes, and they each had one eye. Even though we've got a cat missing right now, which is kind of sad. You could cue the Hulk. Says music. you. Cue the Hulk music and post. Um, but uh, um, even with that, trust me, we have plenty of cats around here. We have a. You still have three. I've seen three here. We have a feline surplus. Is what's going on here? Is that cat poop on that? No, it's uh, where uh, where it's probably on that little that little mattress. I mean, that little mat. It's probably. Oh no, those are that's just uh, the fabric. Although, um, uh, it would not be uh, out of bounds for there to be rabbit poop over there, and that's a whole another story, boys and girls. All right, <sighs> are we ready to do this? So ready. I'm going to try not to chew in the microphone. Okay. Well, it's okay. I mean, pretzels are notoriously quiet food, so I wouldn't really worry about it too much. Okay. So, hmm? again, we've okay. we hit play movie. As soon as it went black. Yeah. As soon as it went black, we paused it. Okay. So, give us a, a, a nice count in, a three, two, one, mm-hmm. and we'll go three, two, one, play. Fantastic. And then... Um, We'll hopefully people can can start their DVDs at the same time as us. All right. Um, okay. So uh, what we're going to do here is, um, in keeping with the tradition of Monty Python, I'm going to count this uh, like um, uh, Sulu. So uh, I'm going to give you warp one, warp two, warp three. Engage. Okay. Very good. All right. Are we ready? Yes. Non-existent drum roll, please. And warp one, warp two, warp. Three, engage. Mm. Okay, what the heck is this? This is uh, Dentist on the Job. Um, British Board of Film Censors? I thought I bought a Monty Python disc. This is going to be good, man. <laughs> How long is this little black and white short? I have no idea. I think it's about an hour and a half long, so no, everybody just enjoy. It Anglo is Amalgamated, mm-hmm. Film Distributors Limited. Yeah, that means they only put out like three of these. What was the name of this? Dentist on the Job? Dentist on the Job. That's right. I love the music. It just kind of swings, man. A Bertram Oster production. It just, it just makes you want to tap your toes and snap your fingers and go, yeah, man. Starring Bob Monkhouse, you Kenneth wanna, Connor. I'm just going to come up with like some beat poetry or something like that. Dentist on the Job. I don't I even put on a beanie. And I don't even sunglasses. remember what this is about because I watched it once mm-hmm. and I was like, I never have to watch that again. Well, anything with Charles Hawtrey in it is good enough for me. So, uh, with that said, um, I dare anybody to uh, tell me that the characters and incidents portrayed in this are anything other than purely accidental. Oh, man. What a what a great life that must have been back in the, the glorious uh, 60s. Uh, this was uh, done in uh, 1961, according to the, uh, the copyright. Um, how can I tell? Uh, because I can read Roman numerals. I was so. wondering about Wah-ha! that. And uh, I got to admit, those weren't just on the screen. I remember this in the first run through we did of this. We've uh, we've already watched this movie four times, and we can't get it right. And we're going to keep doing this until we get it right. Uh, I love that little those the little flute, and it's just it's so lilting. And man, that's an awful lot of dream toothpaste. Let me read it? this from mm-hmm. from Wiki oh, here. What happened? Oh dear, the screen's gone black. Oh, did it? That One moment, please, good. while oh, the operator what? changes reels. Oh, okay. So this this makes sense. Oh, man. I was just getting into it. 
you know, it's just, you just you you can watch anything. You can just get into it, and then all of a sudden you're sad when it's when it leaves. Trying to give wait, boom! Mm-hmm. Monty Python Pictures presents or Python Monty Pictures. And who do, does anybody know who Michael down. White is? Monty Python. And I the mean, Holy really. Grail. I'm trying to give the listeners cues as to right. what the credits are doing. Warp one, warp two, warp three, and, and it engage. fades out, and then fades in. Written and performed by Graham Chapman. Okay, so now, okay. oh, and it's got the Swiss can read, subtitles. Can you read the Swiss subtitles? Wrote Nick Actendi, written and performed by. Yes. With. I I wonder if those Wick. are. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if those are fake subtitles. I don't know because everybody knows that. The Swedes are notoriously also uh, appearing poor spellers. Also weak. Yeah, that's just that's not right. Um, also, also weak. Yeah, I'm just glad that uh, Carol Cleveland is in this because uh, she really should have been an official member of the Monty Python troupe. In my humble opinion. This I mean, film she basically was, was she. She was their Billy Preston, basically. Why not try a holiday in Sweden this year? That's funny how the Swedish subtitles are written mm-hmm. out phonetically. Yes, so you can still read them. Alexander Campbell See the lovely you. lakes. And if you look closely enough, some of the people that are mm-hmm. that are uh, credited in these credits are... Okay, like Budget Rent-A-Car Limited. That, well, guy, I mean, there's, that guy's got a... He's got a stupid name, frankly. There's some funny things in, the, in, like, in what they do. Yes. I noticed that they've got Ed Sullivan as the rigger, and that dude, he's kind of taken a uh, step back for that. this. Oh, gosh. How do you That's true. Like that? Signed, Richard M. Nixon. Yes. Um, I'm glad that this was uh, shot in Scotland because um, I love Britain and moose. It's not mooses, is it? A moose moose. once bit my sister. What happened? I don't know. That's just what the subtitle said. No, really. She was carving her initials on the moose with the sharpened end of an interspace toothbrush given her by Sven, her brother-in-law, and also Dennis. Svenge. I can't read it. Oh, the hot tub of the... We apologize for the fault in the subtitles. These, those responsible have been sacked. Sacked is just another way of saying fired. So, you know, in case you're wondering what's going on here. We apologize again for the fault in the subtitles. Those responsible for sacking the people who have just been sacked. You know, I hate to admit I've used this exact same gag once on a uh, Misty Dawn episode. Look at the the last Ute Hermann brother Moose trained by. Oh, that makes much more sense. Okay. And, man, that is such a, a Euro name. Not as Euro as Olaf Prot. Special moose effects by Olaf Prot. It's probably Prot, though. Moose trained to mix concrete and sign complicated insurance forms by Jürgen Wieg. Oh, that must be uh, Kristen's dad. I bet Moose's he's funny. Moose's noses wiped by. Mm-hmm. An antler care by Liv Thatcher, who would go on to become um, the PM. So, uh, long live the... Oh, the credits have been completed in an entirely different style at great expense and at the last minute. This, yeah, if, by the way, if you're, uh, prone to seizures, you might want to keep your eyes off this. Ralph the Wonder Llama. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm all of a sudden I'm getting, I need some quick jam a wallet in my mouth or something. Six Venezuelan red llamas, 142 Mexican whooping llamas. And yeah, Terry go. What's a battery llama? Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones co-directed this movie. And why did they need 76,000 of them? Okay, the credits just disappeared. Is the Battery Llama and a real thing? in England, 932 AD. Everybody knows the Arthurian legends happened at least 10 or 15 years earlier than that. This is already bogus. How old were you when you first saw this movie? Uh, 
I had a buddy of mine who uh, went and saw it in theaters, I think. This came out in, what, 74? Well, according to... I may be lying. Maybe it was never released in America. According to Wikipedia... Or maybe he was lying. I don't do that. It was released on May the 10th, 1975. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would have been... Uh, uh, May 75? Yes, I would have been all of uh, seven years old at that time. Which still makes me much older than many of the people listening to this. So it kills me that... I apologize for that. That they actually... You know, used coconuts. I think if you listen to the, if you listen to the, there's two commentary tracks on this disc, which are very cool. There's serious track. Okay. With um, Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam. Okay. And then there's a second track with John Cleese, Eric Idle, and Michael Palin. Okay. And I think the Terry Jones and uh, Terry Gilliam, they were talking about, they actually wanted to have horses, but they couldn't afford them, so they just used the coconuts. <laughs> I mean, really, would it have been funnier with the horses? I think not. I mean, come on, any time you can have a guy named Patsy clanking coconuts together in merry old Britain, and nobody knows how the coconuts got there. That's the funniest part. Well, I mean, they, they have theories. It. They talk about it here in a minute. Yeah, they have theories. Go but using coconuts. Yes. Have the coconuts and you're banging them together. Yes, and that's the, uh, that's the worst franglay I've ever heard. Yes, and since the, Where'd you get the coconuts? They're talking about riding since the snows of winter. Well, this is like no, Scotland, the so tropical. the snows of winter were like, you know, two days ago. And they call this a temperate zone, which is clearly wrong. I mean, I've never been to Scotland. but Yet they are not strangers I, to our land. Well, I know people who've been to Ireland, so that's got to be exactly the same. And uh, I wouldn't call it temperate. I mean, geez, they're basically in the Arctic Circle. Part of the genius of... Of Monty Python is that they take a joke and they just belabor it. Well, they take it to its logical conclusion, which I appreciate. As someone who appreciates a joke taken much further than it should be taken. I just uh, just think that... uh, Needs to beat its wings 43 times every second. Right? Am I right? It's like hummingbird speed. Terry Gilliam has the... Easiest acting job in this whole bit. You know, he's Patsy. Yes. He gets to say, I think he says one one line. It's only a model. <laughs> well, then he's the, the man from scene 24. and Yes. But he's not the guy that has the heart attack. That, that was, uh, who was it talking at first? Was it Michael Palin and then John Cleese pops up? Hmm? In on this the, movie? Yeah, on the top. No, on the top of the. Oh, uh, I, you know, I always figured it was uh, it was a bunch of John Cleese up there. Oh man, Bring that, that guy doesn't look very healthy. My favorite scene in the whole movie is about to come up. You can hear it. We did this. Uh, listen carefully. We did this gag it. once at uh, at Prime Media at a uh, one of those big yellow uh, um, trash bins that can yeah. carry like like. 58 gallons of oil in it and uh so we loaded a uh, buddy of mine where the the ladies climbing into the wicker <laughs> basket on the ground there's some lovely filth in there too but yes uh i grab uh grab my buddy uh don cato and he jumps into that thing and he's basically straddling and holding himself up with his uh kind of tongue out to the side and his x's over his eyes and i'm uh i'm wheeling him down the uh the, the warehouse uh shouting bring out your dead 
bring out your dad. And, Where was uh, I for that? Look, Eric, there she is that, in the background. There's a chance that was before your time. Uh, which... Banging the cat on the <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> we could see her again later, but I think it's awesome. So uh, this jerk friend of ours, Eric, is going, hey, come on down this way. Come on down this way. So I happily wheel uh, Don down there the whole time saying, bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. Um, and uh, we figure out that Eric's just Eric's holding in laughter as hard as he can. Um as we uh, round the corner, and there stands Eric and Vice President Steve Almir with a tour. Oh, great. Yes. Luckily, uh, Steve was uh, maybe one of the few people there um, in one of those positions of power that would not have fired us on the spot. So, uh, you know, next thing you know, I spent 15 more years there. I think it's funny that he actually <laughs> kills the guy. <laughs> and back in these days, in the 70s, they didn't have stuntmen. So, I mean, they actually killed him. Who's that? <laughs> he hasn't got poopy all over him. This may be my favorite scene in the whole movie. I just you know I'm going to say that. I remember the, next the good scene. old days when I was only 37. I remember the next scene. And you what know are what? they doing on this hill? Well, they're looking for filth, clearly, and I think they find some. They're certainly not doing much gardening. Old woman. <laughs> okay, we're pretty much I'm on the commentary. We're just gonna we're just gonna laugh the rest of this movie because it's still funny. Dennis was Dennis a and, popular name? And Dennis, yes. Yeah, how many Dennises were oh, there in nine thirty two A.D.? Yeah, I thought Uther and and Lance and stuff would be you know pretty hot names. It kills me that these subtitles don't have the script verbatim. I don't get it, too, because it would be so easy to put the script verbatim. I mean, they've got the script. Um, anybody who's doing the subtitles has probably seen this movie a thousand times like we have. Unless it's somebody in China. Let me tell you what, man. Terry, English. Terry Jones does not make an attractive lady. No, but his female voice is awesome. I know, yeah, and I used to be able to do that uh, female voice, and then I hit puberty, and then it went out the window. A self-perpetuating autocracy. In which working classes? I'm on her side. That's what it's all about. If only people <laughs> lives in a castle. No one lives there. We don't have a lord. I just find it interesting that they uh, they want to live in a self perpetuating autonomous uh, uh, democracy or something like that. I need to read these subtitles more closely. Yes, I see. Internal affairs by two thirds majority. <laughs> Who does he think he is? I'm your king. <laughs> There's the question of the day. How'd you become the king then? Well, there's a look on Michael Palin's face. Is he serious? I mean, well, how could he possibly be serious? I mean, how could that be a real way of choosing an executive leader? I was on Terry Jones's side. Now I'm totally on Michael Palin's side. Be quiet. I mean, king or no king, I think I'd be just as just as incredulous as Michael Palin here. Uh, Terry Gilliam, Patsy looks like Sling Blade right there <laughs> with this with this. 
It's true. We we don't hear him talk much. <laughs> Can see the violence inherent in the system. Help! Help! I'm being repressed. <laughs> Bloody peasant! <laughs> you see me brushing me? You saw it, didn't you? Uh, so they never even got to the castle, did they? Mm-mm. Wow! Now, when uh, I, I was, gosh, if this came out in '75, that means I was six when it came out. But wow. I don't think I saw it until I was about ten. Yeah, I mean, I know I never saw it in the theaters, which is too darn bad for me. And when I saw this part with the the knights fighting, mm-hmm. my guess is I Man, saw this it freaked me out. I'm going to guess I saw this the first time they showed this on the PBS station up in uh, Oklahoma City. That was what was great about PBS is that they showed stuff like this, and they wouldn't show this on them. Yeah, well, or they would, but severely edited. I mean, I'm. Maybe people who care about Monty Python and live in this part of the country know that that the first uh, the first market that ever saw Monty Python in America was the Dallas uh, market, and um, I believe that the Oklahoma City market was right behind it um, because, because K-E-R-A? I'm, yeah, KERA, yeah, KERA, uh, yeah, they were the first uh, the first station to license uh, Monty Python from the BBC, and uh, from there, uh, you know, the story grows. I was not aware of that. It's totally true. Man, this sock right here where that goes right through his head. <laughs> that and that, that shot blood is like blood red. That shot with the blood spurting out was the background on my computer for five years. I remember years. that. I remember that, man. I changed it like a month ago Look because uh, Sage kept asking me about it. Arthur has a the symbol on his on his chest of the sun, but the sun has a mustache. <laughs> That's John Cleese in the it's quite silly. In the the Black Knights. How can you tell? I just... Well, you can tell it's him by when he talks. Okay. But then, I fear you it's know, because he was the tallest one. There is the um, Wikipedia page. None shall pass. Will you join me? Tension builds. <laughs> None shall pass. None shall pass. God. Graham Chapman as King Arthur may be one of the greatest casting then jobs in the history of film. Die. Yeah, he was. He did a good female too. Yes. But. Now I also wonder: Did they do dialogue replacement on this? You know, did they do ADR back in 1975? It sure sounds I mean, like it. It sound it sounds too good to have been out there in the field with all the cicadas and the crickets and the hummingbirds and the the reptiles of various persuasions. You know, for such a the marmots for such a mm-hmm. a big you know strong knight who just cut two guys arms off the black yes. knight here is really fighting like a dummy well i mean <sighs> swinging at nothing yeah and um <laughs> Tis that's scratch. that's going to be a problem for him going forward not so much the arm being off it's the uh, the unending fountain of blood coming out of it i can't tell you how many times i've heard Different people saying, oh, it's only flesh wound, or it's just tis, a scratch. It is but a scratch. It's one of my favorite t-shirts. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. And he kicks <laughs> him in the side of the head. <laughs> Come on, you panze. I like how he's just kind of, he's just kind of dancing around. He's doing a jig. Enough, eh? Yes, I have. 
not only is just he just a flesh wound. Not only is he mean, but he's deluded. Chicken. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, because Arthur says, "Yeah, right," and then the guy lifts his right leg up, and I thought, "Oh, was that him telling him to lift his right leg off so he could cut it, <laughs> cut it off?" The uh, the the one shot of this movie that really kind of disturbs me is as soon as he's about to cut his other leg off, thusly, and you get that cra- that that crazy shot right there. It's it's almost a fisheye look, and he's kind of he's he's swinging his head around, looking down at his missing arms and legs. For some reason, that one shot just has always kind of weirded me out. How do they even do that? I mean, he's buried up. They had wife. to find someone and cut his arms and legs off to do that. That really freaks me out. Now I never understood why these monks decided to bang themselves on the head. Well, they're uh, it's uh, self yeah. self flagellation. Um, so it was a common uh, thing monks did. It was. Uh, they're basically doing penance uh, for things that, that they and others had done. Of course, at the time, the church had people convinced that they didn't do anything right. That's people, not the church. One of those monks is always off. Oh. Yeah. My guess is that they didn't do this over and over again. Um, I'm going to guess that a great portion of this movie was uh, one or two takes, I'm guessing. Now, in this scene... If there's one part coming up where John Cleese has a... Why is that guy wearing shaving, <laughs> shaving, shaving cream? cream? <laughs> Look, that guy's... He's, he's Belvedere's he's, tying coconuts to bird's legs. That's right. <laughs> now, there's, there's a line coming up here where John Cleese is supposed to respond, and he hesitates oh. longer than Eric Isle expects. Okay. So, Eric Isle's about to laugh, and what he does is he, he puts that sieve, that scythe that mm-hmm. he's holding, and he... Pulls, he aims it towards his teeth and he kind of bites down on it so he doesn't start laughing. Okay. <laughs> if it's Horatio Sands, he would have completely busted that scene because that's what Horatio Sands did. That's not did. Carol Cleveland, is it? I believe I will say yes, but uh, with that, be. with the huge gourd for a nose, it's kind of hard to tell. Later, when she's they when did, she's in the in the. No, I think you're right. That maybe they they did have one other. Uh, um, lovely blonde who would uh, work with them at times. I mean, we could look at the credits, but I don't think the credits would, uh, you know, these credits are probably just as big a joke as the rest of the movie. Biner anyway. I like it. Michael Pelham is always the first one to start. (laughs) Okay, it's coming up where... I just uh, think the scientific method that uh, that he employs here is is something that everybody should aspire to. You do with witches. Empiricism at its finest. More witches. <laughs> a good answer. Okay, watch here. Watch, watch, watch. Okay. Watch Eric Idle. He's about to start laughing, so he bites because he bites the, the thing. Made of wood. I don't think the witch is buying it, though. This whole logic argument. I saw a shirt the other day that said... Yeah. It was like a multiple choice question, but it was the answers. It said A, B, C, D, Mm -hmm. and it said bread, (laughs) apples, very small rocks, and D was a duck. (laughs) I mean, apples, uh, very small rocks. 
I may have to actually buy that shirt. Did it have the answer on it, or was it just those no, four? No, it, it was just the oh four. Oh, my gosh. Um, There's nothing better than an inside joke uh, turned into uh, clothing. It was just four answers, A, B, C, D, A, period, uh, bread, B, yeah. period, apples. See, like, wear that shirt to the mall or the local comic shop or something and just see if anybody gives you a nod. Yes! <sighs> My nose are finally going to burn someone. I just hope for this girl's sake that she doesn't weigh the same as a duck or she's in big trouble. Hey, it's a fair cop. What does that even mean? It's a fair cop? Mm, I think it's a fair... I think it's a fair... Cot? I mean, not cop. Cot. It's cop, cop C-O-P. Cop. Look, you still got shaving cream on. <laughs> he clearly got interrupted in the middle of a good bleeding. You need a good bleeding. I wonder if uh, Stamundosphere, uh, Barber of York, uh, was anywhere around here. Watch this. Up. It's a fair cop. <laughs> John Cleese makes the best faces. <laughs> They never really get a chance to do the uh, the dictionary skits uh, or the thesaurus skits in this movie, do they? The uh, I think we've mentioned this before, but uh, Cleese and Chapman were famous for their uh, their thesaurus skits. You know, like the cheese shop, where they would just like open the book and you know, and they would go through the entire run. Bedivere's helmet sucks because he has to always lift it up and hold it. Yes. Not very useful either. I think the Black Knight could throw a sword clean through it. This always freaked me out when the when they're looking at the book and then the the gorilla's hand comes in. <laughs> I like these pictures of Robin. <laughs> if you look closely, <laughs> they're full. taken from the later scene. Oh, okay. Because there's a here comes the gorilla <laughs> hand, and aptly named Sir Multipiron in this film. It's a little too young. Child labor laws and all that. Did they have child labor laws in Britain? Of the <sighs> table. That poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> Explain again how sheep's bladders may be employed to prevent earthquakes. Who art thou who art so wise in the ways of science? Terry Gilliam's line. <laughs> my favorite part of this song is the guy hanging on the wall <laughs> yeah clapping one of those wow. guys in the back there looks like colin farrell with a fake mustache have you ever seen spam a lot i've not seen it but the soundtrack is awesome really yeah i hate to say and this is going to sound did you like, see it this is, no this is going to sound like heresy i've I've had friends who actually saw it on Broadway. Oh man, that would be awesome! I just don't have a desire to see it. I've got have you heard this. the soundtrack. Well, I mean, it's all the songs There's I've already heard hanging. before. <laughs> no, it's not though. They they changed it a little bit. Yeah. There's a song in the middle of it that they sing called "The Song That Goes Like This." Okay. <laughs> it's awesome. That was uh, Brad's favorite part of this movie. If no. it was a cat, it would have been. Yeah, he did. He stepped on a cat. I thought it was a chicken. Oh, well, it was a black chicken then. What's a pram? Uh, I don't know. Check like a Wikipedia. broom? Is it a broom? Yeah, I swear at one point I knew. It is a silly place. 
Yes, I, I swear I knew what a pram was at one point. We could, uh, I, we've got, uh, we've got British friends of ours. We could, uh, we could tweet them and find out for the end of the movie. Yeah. And this, this is a silly place. Animated god in the, in the cloud just kills me. Ladies and gentlemen, There's say hello to W. G. Grace, the greatest what? cricket player of all time. <laughs> if you think I'm joking, look it up. Well, don't. It's like those miserable psalms. They're so depressing. <laughs> I just wondered, did, right. w, did W.G. Grace actually have that cool beard? He does look very, very godly. Of course it's a good idea. I could just hear God oh saying God, that. The greatest line in the movie. Yeah. Of course it's a good idea. And how many thousands of times have you used that line in your life? Oh, that's probably that may be the line I've used the most. Actually, yes, and, and and I invite people to use that line often in their normal everyday lives and see if anybody gets it. In fact, I'm going to get that. Drop. If nothing else, we should do that instead of like follow Frank. We should have uh, record yourself saying, "Of course, it's a good idea," and uh, send it to us. I'm going to get Uh-oh. that drop and use it. I'm not. I'm not using those trumpets. That always that always disturbed me when I was a kid. <laughs> and then Jesus doing the peace sign. Yeah, it's. Uh, Maybe one step too far. The animations that Terry Gilliam did, they always, they were the most bizarre things I'd ever seen. Yeah, and, and I mean, they weren't linear. They made no sense. At least here, they're pushing the plot forward now, aren't they? Yeah. Wow, and I feel sorry for the uh, the, the Sherpas that have to carry the, uh, the huge trunks on their backs. What's that guy's... Hitting in, is he fishing? It looks like he's fishing <laughs> with a big with a big log. <laughs> he's not a good fisherman. <clears throat> oh man, this scene! Wow, it's about to happen. This is the most I haven't seen. This is the most fun I've had watching this movie in years. <laughs> I've tried to. I've tr- I've played this movie and I've tried to get the kids to sit down and watch it, and to this point, they just haven't yet. Which makes me crazy, because when I was their age, I was all into it, man. Well, I'm wondering if it's a if it's a female thing. Maybe it's a generational thing. That's true. There are very well, few females who appreciate Monty Python. But we've heard from a couple. And the ones that do appreciate Monty Python, rock on, sisters. John Cleese in his French voice is awesome. Yes, they refer to this as frang- franglais. Which amuses me. Just the word franglaise. Well, I'll ask him, but I don't think he'd be very keen. He has the greatest mustache ever. Yeah. If you ever have a mustache bet, this should be one of the mustaches I've you might have to grow. this line, too, a lot. Oh, yes, it's very it's nice. It's very nice. <laughs> I like their helmets. They look like, like the bulleteer. Yes. They do look useful. Well, it's like the uh, the whole theory with uh, an egg. I was telling Zoe about this that you know try to you know try to crush an egg in your hands you know long ways and the thing crushes immediately and then you got a handful of egg. But you try to crush it top to bottom, you can't do it. Mm. Everybody, go try this um, now. Don't pause the movie. You'll never get you'll never get it lined up again. But uh, just run to the fridge real quick, get an egg, and try it. And preferably do it over the carpet. That'll make it funnier. Knigets. 
think they're making fun of the French here. What a strange person. And he's... King Arthur is still calling him my good man. Empty-headed animal food trough whopper. I fart in your general direction. I had a shirt that said that, too. I fart in your general direction. <laughs> but I didn't get... I didn't wear it very often because yes. I didn't want to upset anybody. Well, I mean, maybe you have your own special section on airplanes. I like the fact that the defense for the castle is the taunting. Yeah. <laughs> and then when that doesn't work... Castles are notoriously defensible, though. When that doesn't work, then no, they no. bring out the livestock. Oh, and start poor, tossing livestock over the... Bossy the cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Was that Patsy? No, it wasn't Patsy, because okay. Patsy makes it through most Thank of the goodness. <laughs> Goats, beach balls. This one is for your mother. <laughs> Like they throw the flying ducks over. Run away. Not retreat, but run away. Nah, the siege of Camelot doesn't take long. You know, they should really take one of those cows with them or something. It's good eating. I appreciate beef. I got a pack of hot dogs for the uh, the family who are uh, camping right now, allowing us to do this in my living room in comfort and style. And uh, I bought them all beef hot dogs, not those chicken, pork, and uh, lips hot dogs that you can get. It's funny. You can hear, like, electronic tools, electric tools like drills and, <laughs> yeah, that's right. and stuff in the woods. <laughs> like they had electricity back then. <laughs> Did they have dynamite back then, too? Because mm, later I, in the movie, he says, I want to say We can't yes. risk another frontal assault. That rabbit's dynamite. Did they even have dynamite in 932 A.D.? Mm. They probably did. Huh? Well, I mean, we know uh-huh. that uh, they had gunpowder in uh, in Asia. Um, you know, the the Chinese had uh, had gunpowder by that point for what hundreds of years at least. And of course, I'm doing this all off the top of my head. I like that double take he does. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like an outhouse with a cardboard head attached to it, and John Cleese just can't believe what he's seeing. But, of course, he's French, so he has to uh, overdo it. Of course, Gosh. this is the take on the Trojan horse, right? Yes. But uh, they do make one fatal mistake here. But they don't hop in. The uh, the Trojan rabbit. It is, uh, it's hard to resist there. I can see why they go out and bring it in. I'd do it, too. Especially if I was French. See? French love presents. Hurry, let's go. I'm going to tweet that we're watching this movie real quick. I think it's uh, it's rather incredible that the, uh, the French are willing to just go out there in the open. They could clearly be besieged by, uh, by King Arthur and his merry knights again. Again, this is like where the, the anticipation starts building. I like the look on on uh, King Arthur's face. <laughs> He's starting to realize there's something wrong with the plan. And Lancelot's going, "What? Which one puts her head in their in their hand? Is it is it Arthur that does it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both do it. In Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Badger. <laughs> oh, no. See, it would have worked anyway. Here's another. See this guy coming up right there? Boom, oh, that guy. Oh, no. That guy, he plays the minstrel who sings the Robin. Well, and they eat him, don't they? Well, later they eat all the minstrels. Now, this thing here, this historian Mm -hmm. bit. This is a famous cracking of the fourth wall. I'm impressed. But when the guy comes through on Mm -hmm. the horse and (laughs) slices him open, I was like, dang, when I saw this the first time. (laughs) I was like, did they just kill that guy? And... and it makes absolutely no sense to have this in here, which is, you know, when you're 10 and see it for the first time, you're like, yes, did I just did I just pass out for a minute and then dream that part? Again, it's completely incongruous. Ugh. And who is that knight? His name is Frank. Sir Frank? No, that guy. Oh, the, the, yes. The famous historian. But we don't know which knight does that to him. I don't think it's none of, I don't think it's either of the. Well, we just witnessed an amazing anachronism. This song here. I didn't realize they had, uh. Uh, landscape like this in um, in on the British Isles. I mean, that looked like a mountain or something like that. This song just kills me. Oh, brave Sir Robin, he was, was not, not at all afraid, afraid to be killed in nasty ways. <laughs> <laughs> and and then if you watch Robin's face, just like as gets, he's so happy right now. Look at him, he's <laughs> so self assured. He'll start. He stops smiling and he looks over his shoulder like, what are you singing? What was that? And his body burned away. No, I think the uh, I think the knees split uh, is probably the most bothersome to me. No, it's the last one. He, the, the last one he says. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's enough music for now, lads. <laughs> it's a horrible minstrel. Oh no! A knock of syndicus is away from having freedom. Mud. Oh man! Yeah, see, that's he is brave, Sir Robin. Brave, Sir Robin. Who? <laughs> Nobody really. Nobody really. <laughs> Just passing through. Too far. I think they they didn't spend long enough. At... <laughs> this missile is not helping at all. I never understood the three-headed knight, too. I wish they had spent more time. Well, they, they had that great shot with the huge, uh, uh, the huge lance. Yeah, and like the the four knights run up on it like shish kebab, and they only show the shot for like a second and a half. I mean, how much time and effort must have taken to have set that shot up? And I tell you what, if it'd been me, I would have been hacked at the editor. I would have sacked the editor for that. It's like, dude, you need to lovingly. Just, just kind of go delay fish on this shot. And it always the, wigs me out that they call cookies biscuits. Biscuits, yes, I know. And uh, as soon as they right. invent cars, uh, uh, a thousand years later, they'll call the the, the size of bonnets. his legs. He's scarpered. <laughs> well, of course, he's got a chicken on his uh, shield there. So that tells you something. It's not very Grace subtle, really. And think of how many minstrels you have to have following along, clicking the coconuts together. I mean, it seems to me that if you uh, eliminated the coconuts, you wouldn't have to feed as many people. And then maybe you wouldn't have to eat the minstrels. Or maybe that's exactly the plan. 
keep those minstrels around uh, clicking coconuts together, thinking that's their job. When in fact, their job is to uh, it's to be your uh, it's to be your second breakfast when things go bad. What makes Terry Gilliam say? Where your, your elevensies? Okay, I'm going to have a bunch of guys diving into a pool, and then one of them goes too far, <laughs> and we see his butt. Now, when I was a kid, <laughs> the tale of Sir Galahad, yeah. some of these jokes went way over my head when I was a kid, you know? Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I, and again, you know, I never did quite understand why my parents let me watch this stuff. Did they know that this... Well, I mean, they saw the movie, you know, they, they watched Monty Python with me. I mean, we were all sitting there together, cracking up. Because my parents were young. They didn't know any better, I guess. Or they, they believe in an extreme version of laissez-faire. And see, there he is. Sir Galahad's found it. I mean, the movie should be over right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. Uh, I don't know if Frank's boilerplate, or I'd start reading that. Kick up the music. God, and he's just, he's gone through so much to get where he's going. And it was so lucky of them to uh, apparently get it to rain on him. This is one of those where I, I always wonder, would they have shot this? I mean, I guess this close-up shot, they could easily be you know, faking the rain. But they're clearly not faking the rain in the wide shots. So would they have shot this in perfect weather? Or were they waiting for a rainy day to shoot that scene? Now there's Carol the Cleveland. Great Carol Cleveland. So wonderful. Castle It's not a very good name, is it? No, Castle Anthrax is not a very good name. But they are nice, and they will attend to your every need. And boy, will they, if you can stick around long okay, enough. Okay, coming up is that extra, mm-hmm. extra, that 20, extra 24 seconds, right? Okay, see, I've never really Midgets. figured out Crap where up. the extra 24 seconds is, so this will be a treat for me, too. Yeah. And there's a slight shift in the color values of the picture when it when it happens. Really? Yeah. Does it advance the plot? Or no, but just... she, it's a breaking the fourth wall thing. Oh, okay. So Galahad the chased. <laughs> and when he said, it's interesting, the mm-hmm. the subtitle said C-H-A-S-T-E. Yes. But I always heard like somebody was chasing him. No, chased meaning uh, 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 pure uh, right. nookie-wise. Right. But, yes. it, but it looked like he had been... He was being chased when he by somebody when he now yeah if I was like eight ten years old that's exactly what I would think not knowing any better well I only figured it out a couple years ago when I watched the subtitles ah and I'm sorry Carol Cleveland between, looks older than nineteen and a half oh between sixteen and nineteen and a half well she's the leader I mean she could easily be you know in her early twenties <laughs> making exciting underwear. <laughs> Yes, he's uh, he's definitely come to the right place. Is this absolutely necessary? The doctors. I mean, of, of all people, of all nights to show up at uh, Castle Anthrax. And what are the girls' names? And apparently, they're I don't know, but they're following George Lucas's theory of having uh, no underwear in space. Doctor Piglet and Doctor Winston. <laughs> Hmm. I sure that's absolutely necessary. 
How long does it take to get in and out of chain mail armor? I mean, that's got to be, that's got to be, a, it's got to be a process, you know. I mean, it's not like dropping your gym shorts or anything. <clears throat> okay, here comes the, here comes the extra. It's coming up when he runs into um, Zoot. So that's one of the things I don't get. It's like, is the Grail actually there, or was he hallucinating? No, it was a Grail-shaped beacon. Just to lure knights to the castle. Yeah. Oh, so they were doing it on purpose. Dingo is coming up. So Zoot's twin sister. So they Dingo? had some kind of holographic technology back in 932 AD. I don't know, dude. Watch. I don't get it either. Here it comes. This is beyond me. Dingo. <laughs> okay, watch this scene closely. Okay. Bad, bad zoot. What is it? Bad, naughty zoot. See? Lighting the beacon, which oh, she's just remembered. Grail shaped. Okay, watch, watch, watch the color values here. See, it was real, real subtle. And this is where she looks at the camera and says, do you think this scene should be cut? <laughs> Look, and then there's the three it's guys. Like lips were kind of off. And see, you haven't That's even seen. That's interesting. You haven't, you haven't even, even seen, seen those, those guys two. yet. Yeah. <laughs> Get on with it. And then, boom, right here. Boom. See, right there is where they... Okay. Let me pick it up. Yeah, it looked like there was just a slight jump in yeah. it, like they were trying to cut it back in or something. The grail-shaped beacon. Spankings. And see, when I was a kid, <clears throat> I didn't think I didn't think about this mm -hmm. at all. I was like, okay. You know, I didn't understand why they wanted to be spanked. Well, it was, it was <laughs> And then I still don't get it. After the spanking, do <clears throat> I'm like, okay. When I'm ten, I'm like, what mm -hmm. is it? I don't understand, but okay, you know. Yes, that was at uh, fifty-three minutes. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> man, what a. <sighs> so Sir Galahad had just finally come around to the idea of staying there for a while. And then he gets a rescued. Bit longer. But he wished there'd been Frenchmen at that castle. And why does he think they need to be defeated? Oh. Those poor doctors. <laughs> I mean they just wanted to let me go back in and face the peril. They just wanted to just wanted to practice a Hippocratic oath. See, unlike Sir Robin, he wishes for a bit of peril. That's what makes him a great knight. <laughs> There's the gorilla. What happened to the lady? I guess the gorilla took care of her. There's here scene 24. The swallows fly away. That's like a, it's a callback to an earlier scene, I think. Yeah. Scene 24 was a smashing scene with some lovely acting. I like the VO. Yeah. 
but I'm... <laughs> narrator just got killed. Gosh darn it. That's the problem with doing VOs. It's the mortal peril you're always in. And trust me, I should know. So that's that's Terry Gilliam. More than one of Moisten Bink has lobbed a scimitar in my direction while cutting a voiceover. you got to watch out for that. What's God, it just looks uncomfortable. That contact lens? Yes, and he's got his other eye glued shut. Ugh. And he's got British teeth, yeah. which is no good. Although I hear that the uh, the, the, the British uh, in general are uh, employing uh, greater dental technologies these days, so bully for that. What? Oh, wow, that was like hallucination or something, man. So how did that even happen? I mean, they get some bad juju, man. Movie magic. I like movie magic. So that's kind of the whole reason we're here, isn't it? I like the music. It's very ominous. It's pretty amazing how they... Uh, I don't know if they knew when days were going to be foggy or rainy or what, but... Yeah, the fog really works in this. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> He's like 12 feet tall. So uh, originally he was supposed to be sitting on John Cleese's shoulders, but they decided to get him a ladder. <laughs> Neat. Pang and... Yeah. I like how... They're not on horses, but they act like they are because they kind of like, sway back and forth. <laughs> the horses are restless. Knee. That knee, I have that as a... I used to have it as a a Windows sound, like if I had made a nice. mistake, it would go... Knee. And then I had it as a a um, text message. So one thing about the the, uh, the BlackBerry Storm that's always made me insane is that uh, once I gave up the, uh, the Razor and moved to the BlackBerry which is a better phone, all of a sudden my mixer tones wouldn't send to it. I don't know if they've ever fixed it because I haven't tried in months. Why does this guy want a shrubbery? He's got a beard and a half, man. And horns growing out of his... That's awesome. One that looks nice. And not too expensive. There's Frank the oh, historian. Oh, no. The police are catching up. Or Frank the historian. Well, we'll get back to Frank. This probably Poor has guy. to be my it's favorite pretty, scene. Pretty CSI. The Lancelot bit after this bit of animation. Because <laughs> if I had to, if somebody came to me and said, all right, Brad, recite your favorite scene from the Holy Grail verbatim, just... I would probably have to go with the one day lad. All this will be yours. Or <laughs> when I was a young wee lad, uh, this, that was the one scene that uh, that I didn't really get. Proceeded, of course, by this animation, which I don't get at all. Stop that with the clouds and the sun bouncing up and down on the earth on, on their legs. The sun with and its you human clear legs. Off. Oh. Hey, yup. Very good. It's a beautiful sunset. My brother has a trampoline, and sometimes when I bounce on it, I'll go, mm -hmm. hey, yup, like the <laughs> sun was. <laughs> All this will be yours. With the curtains. No, not the curtains, lad. This is just genius. 
and some of the dumbest people on the planet uh, are acting in this scene. I don't want any of that. I built this kingdom up from nothing. God, these people are chameleons. It's amazing. I swear that beard is real. It's sinking to the swamp. So, I built the second one. I sank the swamp. So, I built the third one. That burned down, fell over, then sank to the swamp. But the fourth one stayed up. And that's, that's perseverance. What you're get, <laughs> the strongest castle in these aisles. I certainly got plenty of foundation to sit on. Just, Just see. Oh, the music. And then he turns and looks at the, <laughs> turns and looks at the camera. Stop that, stop that. <laughs> the biggest tracks of open land in Britain. And then he doesn't even know his son's name, Alice. Herbert. You <laughs> <laughs> live in a bloody swamp. Why did he build a castle in a swamp? Like a... Just to prove the people wrong? What's wrong with her? She's beautiful. She's rich. She's got... Huge <laughs> to have what now? These some I remember listening to the special something. Cut that out! Cut that out! Like the wind picks up. Yeah, the music swells. They said it was very windy in filming the scene. And, and her name is Princess. There Lucky. was like they were supposed to have access. Ah, this Graham Chapman's other role that he's in is this non-speaking hiccuping guard. <laughs> Not to leave the room. Oh, that's right. You stay in the room and make sure he doesn't leave. Right. Graham Chapman looks a little wobbly. I wonder how soused he was during this scene. I don't know. I was watching that. Um, I bought that six episode documentary okay of the oh man i saw bits of that on pbs and wished i had seen it i've got the blu-ray i'll i'll loan it to you blu-ray yeah fantastic um it's very cool and there's a bunch obviously graham chapman's currently not in it but they have right. lots and lots of old footage of him like old oh, interviews man. that they've sprinkled in in there yeah, I was in a full sale when uh, the the great Graham Chapman passed away. I actually had that had a, that clipping cut out of the newspaper and on my wall for a while to honor him. This is all one take, too. And then we found out he'd been doing a lot of drinking. This whole bit with him and the two guards is all one take. And I always wondered: is this like the original Judd Apatow, where you know they've kind of got an outline of what? where they kind of want to get, but it's basically ad-libbed, or are they really, truly going from a script? I would have to imagine that whole bit was script, because that was too perfect. Yeah, but, I mean, when you're ad-libbing, it's easier to get through the scene in one take. Yeah. Get that suit on. Shut your noise, you. <laughs> and no singing. <laughs> Poor Alice. He he doesn't look well. Herbert. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he does look a little sickly. Kind of pale. <laughs> <laughs> What's he up to? No, you're looking at what he's writing. 
such a TV affectation. <laughs> Eric, I was just watching him. Listen, you can hear the bow and arrow go boom when he shoots it. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, all right. Why do they oh, have now this come flowers up? attached to their pikes? This coming up where the arrow comes in and hits me says message for you, sir. That's that's another text message sound I had. <laughs> or an email sound. Boom, here it comes. Boom. Message for you, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, that was uh to pull back the curtain, that was uh Brad's email notification at work for years and made me laugh every single time. When I'd leave my desk I'd sometimes turn my Speakers up just for grins. <laughs> it would bother everybody in the department except for me. <laughs> please, please, please come and rescue me. When I was, when I was small, you know, when I was time to write that many words. The mm-hmm. first time, I, I couldn't figure out why a lot of these characters in this movie looked like each other, <laughs> you know? Because I wasn't smart enough to realize, oh, that guy is playing more than one character. <laughs> and the only way they could do it is to without you know paying a ton of people is to yes. play multiple parts oh no <laughs> I uh, could pull through sir <laughs> he's just sitting there nodding yes idiom that sir uh, <laughs> oh sweet god god I'll just stay here then shall I sir Wow, this is like how. Um, um, that is not a beautiful bride. Okay. Wow, I can see why he didn't want to marry her. Is that a dog he's, he's roasting? Maybe she's really that really looked nice. like a dog on the spit on the on the fire. <sighs> Probably. I mean, they're going to eat minstrels later, so why would a dog yeah. be out of bounds? Morning. <laughs> and this bit with the same clip over and over again with the drum roll, the real subtle drum roll. <laughs> And I totally don't get why their pikes are adorned with flowers. Because it's a wedding. Because the wedding, okay. And see, somebody might do this three times <laughs> yeah. at the most, but what they do it what five times? <laughs> and I, I've used this trick editing before numerous times for a comedic effect, just drawing something out. But you don't go back and start at the very beginning of it. You know, we don't use the same clip over and over again. And then all, he's, all of a sudden he's there. Ha ha. That other guard didn't really do his job very well, did he? Mm-mm. Oh, and no. Then he kills everybody Broke he can. Apples. Oh, man. So what's going on blood. here? He got carried away. <laughs> oh, no. Stuntman indeed. And John Cleese's. Cleese's laugh is so he's just lost it, hasn't he? Yeah. What was it? Was it losing? Was it losing Brave Concord? I mean, what's the justification for his actions here? 
I wish to know. Have I just not been paying attention for the last uh, 55 minutes? No, he's excited to rescue a damsel. Oh, oh, that's right. He's going to rescue the damsel. Now, you're not allowed to enter the room. (laughs) (laughs) He did get a bit carried away there, didn't he? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, Well, I I got got a a note. note. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere out there, there must be someone... Who? (laughs) I'm your son. I always liked (laughs) Michael Palin for some reason. Like he was always one of my favorites. I I don't know why, but I always I don't know if identified as the right word, and I I wouldn't want to say favorite. It'd be like picking picking your favorite child, but. I just, uh, Michael Palin's the one that just always seemed to touch the, the, the biggest nerve with me. Yeah, I would agree. And I, like you, I, I can't explain why. Look how, <clears throat> look how hard that wind's blowing that, you know, that those torches are. And I wonder, I mean, if they're shooting in a real castle. They are. And that window, a- yeah, I guess they, I mean. Judging by the look of the scenery out back, unless it's a fake scene, then he's really crawling out of a window well, they that's probably, like 30 feet up. But they probably put a ladder up there or a... I hope so, because they just lost his rope. I mean, what are those things called? That, the scaffolding. Oh, yes. It's <laughs> a, uh, oh, a lot of suffering going on there. Much like the suffering going on to all those people out there in podcast land listening to this right now. If you look carefully in that one shot, you could tell his sword was bent like it you know, obviously wasn't a real sword. But. <laughs> He's more concerned about having a tie to Camelot than, than the fact that his... <laughs> His son is dead. I like his hair, too. Yeah, I always wondered what the deal was with that. Is it like his scalp because he's losing all his hair? I think he's got mange. That was another one of my favorite lines. My brother still (laughs) uses it today. Let's not bicker and argue about who killed who. (laughs) It's supposed to be a happy occasion. (laughs) Oh, no. Why did she have blood running out of her mouth? Oh, somebody kicked her in the chest. Oh, okay. He's not quite dead. <laughs> Donk. Who, when he seemed about to recover, felt the icy hand of death upon him. That's foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And that was Michael Palin in the crowd down below. Okay. <laughs> Talking to himself. I mean, the union. The merger. Oh, where's Gordon Gecko when you need him?
Oh, there's Concord. (laughs) Saved at the last minute. (laughs) Not like that. No. He's going to tell. He's going to tell. He's going to tell. He's going to tell. It's such a, a lilting, happy song. How can you stop this? What's an idiom? Uh, in this context, I'm not 100% sure. Um, clearly, his idiom is like his method of operation uh, in mm. this context. His MO? Yes. His modus operandi? Indeed. I like the Latin version better. And he's just. Oh, and there's the lady there. banging the cat again. That's, That's why you love this movie. It's my favorite part of the movie. Even more favorite than than uh, beating the cat against the wall in the uh, in scene four. Yeah, we're so. stepping on the cat in scene seven. That <laughs> 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 that music sting there. We've no shrubberies. No shrubberies here. I've got that music sting as a drop I'd play. I know. I love it. Me. Do your worst. She's not attractive. (laughs) They're looking around. He's looking around like he's ashamed. Just the fact that the word knee would bother somebody. (laughs) No. For a scientist, he's not very quick on the uptake, is he? Poor old woman. (laughs) Old ladies. (laughs) He just happened to stop by when he needed a shrubbery. (laughs) Great design shrubberies. I am a shrubber. My name is Roger the Shrubber. I've never heard of a shrubber. That's interesting. You sure that isn't part of the 24 seconds? It looked uh, like it hadn't been color corrected there. Yeah, it did. It looked funny, but it's always been there. <laughs> Laurel, particularly. One small problem. I'll be interested oh, to see no. what the subtitles say here. The ones who say me. <laughs> oh, look. It got rid of him before he'd even said it. Wow. I too, till recently said neat. That's funny how they all that was subtitled or uh, capitalized. Also, night too, till recently said it was all capitalized. Cut down the mightiest. Oh yeah. Too little effect with the path down the middle. <laughs> like the minions with their little horns. Uh, a path, a path. The mightiest tree in the forest. Neat. Oh, please. And if you're not smart enough, Mm -hmm. you don't know what's bothering the the knights who till recently said name. Yes. The 
and sticking the <laughs> Buggery <laughs> Chickening out and pissing at home And bravely here's throwing in the sponge Those odd Britishers with their their colorful language Sticking away and bugging them off <laughs> Said the word again <laughs> Looking for it Poor knights. Are they all the knights who said knee, or is that one knight who says knee and a bunch of minions? I don't know. Well, he said we are the knights who say knee. That's true. Why would he be so much bigger than... Oh, no. That's always a bad sign when you lay the sheet over someone. And so that whole bit with the mm-hmm. the historian, it always seems to just like derail the movie for me and just stop it in its tracks. Yes. There was much rejoicing. Oh, here's the part where they eat the minstrels. Man. I like this part about... Eat Robin's minstrels. And there was much rejoicing. Yay. That's the thing that gets me about uh, living back in those times... When you decide to go somewhere and you would spend months getting there and months getting back. Like, honey, honey, I'm off to war. I'll be back in three or four years if I survive. That's hard to deal with. Is this Tim the Enchanter? And again, these mountainous, rocky lands. I'm not sure where they shot it. I believe they shot it in... uh, they shot it in Scotland, uh, if you can uh, believe the, um, uh, the subtitles or the uh, opening credits. Sorry, that's true. Let's see, Link oh yeah, the film was mostly shot on location in Scotland, particularly around Doom Castle, Glencoe, and the privately owned Castle Stalker. <laughs> the many castles seen throughout the film were either Doom Castle shot from different angles or cardboard models held up against the horizon. <laughs> Yeah, they were supposed to. They even talk about it in the, um, in the, uh, the commentary. Tim the Enchanter kills me. God, I just this. Why does he want to just sit there and blow stuff up? I don't know. But I, I've always loved the Enchanter. They were talking about in the commentary about how they were originally given access to more than one castle, several castles, and then when the castle federation or whatever got to look at the script they decided no you can't use our castle oh no it's blasphemous or whatever so (laughs) somehow they were still able to to get the use of the one castle it's blasphemous i think uh i think my favorite my favorite inflected line of all time was just mentioned by tim i like what do you say he says there are those who call me oh yeah Tim. And then they clap. Because means they're all clapping. <laughs> I want that power. Now, if though. you notice in this scene, I want it badly. See behind Lancelot. Okay. I'm sorry. Behind Arthur and Robin mm-hmm. is Lancelot, but he's got his helmet on. Hmm. See that? Yes. The reason he has his helmet on is because John Cleese is the enchanter. He can't yes. be two places at once. And they shot this, you know, Ganty. in the same day. 
helpful. <laughs> the hot foot. <laughs> and so they even, you know, kind of hid him back behind stuff so you don't see Lancelot the whole time. Makes good sense. He's got a good stutter voice here. Wish I could do that. Just oh, I know. I up. want to do that. I can help you find the Holy Grail. I want a hat like that guy. Oh man, he took the thought right out of my brain pan. Open bit weird. Watch, and what's great about the scene coming up is when he really gets into it, John Cleese just starts spitting like every other syllable. See the spit starting to fly? Watch. <laughs> See it? <laughs> Let's come up again and watch. All that spot when he says bones just spit everywhere. You can even see what's his name moving away <laughs> yeah. from the spit. Always like that shot character. there. Ooh. The skull in the foreground. Good use of foreground there. Some visual foreshadowing there, too. <laughs> we best leave them and go on foot. <laughs> Did they really just do that? They just mounted off their non existent. I mean, this this whole time there's been some suspension of disbelief, but look, Lancelot still got gag. his he still has his helmet on. Okay, so you still have him behind Arthur. Just keep me covered. <gasps> there he is. Oh my god. You realize we've got those in our neighborhood, don't you? Yeah, I saw one out there earlier tonight. That's right. It is that so whenever you leave, just please be careful. Most foul, cruel, and bad-tempered rodent you ever set eyes on. Of course, the rabbits in our neighborhood are uh, cottontails. They're they're kind of brown and fluffy. Once again, the subtitles are failing us. Yeah, they are. <laughs> He can leap about. Look at the boats. Oh, dear. coming right up. I do think it's appropriate that his uh, the symbol on his shirt is red, at least. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> wow, it just doesn't take long, does it? <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> no, you knew it all, didn't you? Thank you. I think Tim's got a point there. Uh-huh. Why don't they just have Tim blow it up? That's one thing I never quite understood. 
You know, I never thought about that. Gosh. It's funny how the rabbit just kind of flies through the air. Oh, heck yes. He's jumping. See right there, that shot? <laughs> okay. Where Robin was on the ground? <laughs> yeah. That's where they took those shots of, of him in the book. Oh, the okay. <sighs> Poor Arthur and his men forced to run away again. So they lose any knights or those all minstrels? Oh, no. Three. Here's the dynamite. That rabbit's dynamite. <laughs> See, now Lancelot's not wearing his helmet. Make it so cross. <laughs> like, like what? <laughs> I love the holy hand grenade of Antioch bit, too. The reading from the Book of Armaments. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Brother Maynard carries. And Brother Maynard, that's Eric Idle, too. So later on, when the both of them are in the scene, Robin's, like, hiding behind his shield okay. the whole time. <laughs> so you can't see that it's not Eric Idle. Which makes sense, because he's um, not very brave. Yes, you There you go again. Only the difference is they're not pounding uh, wooden slabs onto their heads. How does it work? Okay, consult the Book of Armaments. Look at that mole on Michael Palin's face. <laughs> it's a nice hairdo, too. Raise the hand grenade up on high, saying, O oh Lord, bless this thy hand grenade. That with it thou may blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Sloths. Carp and anchovies and orangutans and breakfast cereals and fruit bats (laughs) and large chunks. Genius. No more, no less. I don't remember the Bible being that repetitive. No, either count thou two. <laughs> that thou then proceeds to three. Five is right out. Eric Idle is totally in character right now. And he's trying not to laugh, too. Who, being naughty in my sight... Dare snuff it. God, it's got to be One, so hard two, to keep a straight face. Five. Three set. Now, I hate to nitpick, but um didn't take about five seconds to uh, yes. count to five uh, yes, and then correct him and then say three. All right. Well, we'll be publishing the Nitpicker's Guide to Monty Python and the Holy Grail um, soon. Or maybe we won't. We saw that worked out for the Star Trek franchise. Look at that transfer. You can see a lot of the, in the darks there, in the blacks, there was a lot of scuffs and, and puck marks. And see all those flickering? You'd think they... Yeah, well, it's like uh, so they just didn't clean up the film transfer. Yeah, you'd think they would have done that. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind so of the... If you'll notice, Robin's all the way in the back here, hiding behind his... Ah... Hiding behind his uh, shield. It's interesting. I don't 
Oh, oh yeah, those. Uh, what if those subtle little white specks, those imperfections uh, in the, uh, the the master that they uh, took? I wonder if they've have those been here the whole movie. Do we just not notice until now? Yeah, they probably have. I mean, you can because there see they are, now. right yeah. there. I'm going to count them for the rest of the movie. It's like uh, um, uh, <laughs> castle. <laughs> I just I love the whole concept <laughs> that you can chisel Lord Arg yeah. <laughs> into a stone wall. Arg. That's what's carved in the rock. <laughs> Poor King Arthur. He was dictating. Just uh... <laughs> France, I think. Ooh. Uh oh. No. Ah, the back of the throat. I seem surprised the long. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. This part also freaked me out when I was a kid. <laughs> to think that the animator would actually die while making, like, in the middle of the movie or something. Yes. What a way to get out of it, too. And I remember, you know, as I learned about Monty Python and, and that Terry Gilliam was part of the group and I recognized his face when I saw him, I was like, Okay, he really didn't die, you know. He was a part of the, <laughs> he was a part of the group, and you know when you're ten, you don't you're not exactly working with a full deck. That's a good point. Of course, I always I don't think I was ever working with a full deck anyway. I'm still not sure my elevator goes all the way to the top floor. You want taco short of a combo? You got to realize that that uh, I'm myself and uh, my buddy Kenny when we first saw The Exorcist on. No, it was on CBS, so it was uh, sanitized quite a bit. But uh, the first time we saw The Exorcist and uh, Raven throws up on the priest, um, not I'm trying to be sac- not trying to be sacrilegious, but my buddy Kenny and I laughed so hard and for so long. My mom thought that we had like mental issues. I've never seen that movie. I think we did. I mean, I pretty much literally rolled off the sofa. We were watching it on. We were laughing so hard, and I think she knew at that point that. I was going to live a not normal life and probably get into comic books for a living. It's Pepper the dog! Oh, hi. Sorry. Didn't mean to scare you there. Five questions. Three questions. Mm, that's going to come up again, isn't it? Hey, Brad, it's a dog. Yay, it's not a cat. Yay. One of the few animals in the house that uh, that Brad actually appreciates. Pepper's Another thing dog. about this bit here is when the guys get thrown off the bridge of death. Yes. It's always the same shot of the body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of the body going down. I just, I love the way that, you know, they, they did it with the, uh, the animals at uh, the castle, but the way that you can clearly tell they're basically, you know, yeah. paper mache or, you know, <laughs> what is your favorite color? All right. Off you go. 
Oh, thank you very much. That was very nice of him. I don't get cocky now. Oh, he's getting cocky. Yeah, that contact looks uncomfortable. <laughs> of course, um, I'm not afraid. Of course, that's. Uh, I really like my Bob and Doug McKenzie and my Brainiac Five, my Doctor Strange, my Hawkman. But my favorite, my favorite action figure that I have is, in fact, <gasps> wait for it. Him? No, not not them. Not the Bridge Keeper. Wait. Yes, the Bridge Keeper. Him. Yes, and he's got. Uh, um, if you get the, uh, the the version I've got, which was like what an eleven or twelve inch tall doll, ten inches, something like that. Not a doll, not a doll, not a doll. Um, he comes Why'd, with uh, two sparrows. Why did he change his mind from blue to yellow? And why was that a problem for the bridge keeper? That's in, well, he didn't he didn't answer him those questions three. What is your name? He answered two of the three questions, which if they're playing horseshoes, would probably be just fine. What? <laughs> Same shot. <sighs> and you knew so much about swallows. <laughs> it doesn't look like the uh doesn't look like the best bridge ever. I think I'd hesitate for crossing that. Wow. And they actually did cross that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, man, that looks like they talk, fairly <laughs> They talked about that in the commentary about how uh, oh, intermission. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Smoke right if you got them, people. Oh, oh okay. Now we're back. Talk about how scary that was walking across that thing. One of them said, oh, really? One of them refused to do it. I don't blame them, man. It looks like they're dang near dying as it is. And I'll assume that they built that, knowing full well how poorly that was uh, constructed. So where did Lancelot, Lancelot go? Oh man. Oh, is that what that voice is singing? Is his name Arthur. Arthur. Oh, okay. I never knew that. Thank you, subtitles. Yeah, really. I've gotten to the point where um, um, I watch a lot of my TV shows at night when everybody else has gone to bed. And so I've gotten into a habit of watching stuff with the volume very low and the subtitles, subtitles on? on. I do it yeah. all the time. I used to do time. that. I used to do that when I was married. Yeah. I mean, I do it constantly. My wife and kids would be asleep, so I'd go mm-hmm. downstairs and, and turn the turn the music down, but I'd have the subtitles on. Yeah. I mean, and for me, you know, it's not an up-down upstairs downstairs thing i mean it's you know the two you know the two kids bedrooms are less than 10 feet away from the living room so i kind of have to do it wow they've done it bum, 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 bum. now it'd be cool as if tom baker was uh was was manning this uh this craft okay who's tom baker doctor who Never watched one episode of Doctor Who. <sighs> we'll get into that later. 
I have to go to the bathroom so Did, did you bad. ever see the um, um, the the video? I'm trying to remember the artist. Uh, Don't Pay the Ferryman. Chris DeBerg. Yeah. Don't pay the ferryman. I loved. I had that yeah. album on vinyl. Okay. The the dude that was the dude that was uh, piloting the, the 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 ferryman. Yeah. That's Tom Baker. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was Doctor Who, and uh, until that was uh, a good album. Well, until David Tennant uh, came along um, three years ago, uh, Tom Baker was the uh, the greatest Doctor Who ever lived, and he's still in a tie for first. Wow, they've done it, Camelot. I don't honestly don't think I can hold it, and this is how much time we got left. Hang well, on, I'll press the time button. You've got like a minute forty left. I think it's a minute forty. No, it says seven. Because oh, that's does what it all say that... seven. No, does it? Oh gosh, this is pretty funny though. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hello. Is your other king who has the brain of a duck, you know. <laughs> we French fellows out with you a second time. How did they find it? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that he's sure they have profaned this place. <laughs> one more time. Oh, one more time. I'll my nose in your direction, sons of a window dresser. And I tell you what, that castle... I don't want to live in that castle. I don't know what poor son of a gun built that thing, but wow. I mean, it's on an island. I guess it's probably fairly safe at least. Donkey bottom butters. They didn't have electricity back then. (laughs) In the name of the Lord. No chance, English bedwetting taps. I burst my pimples at you and call your door opening request a silly thing. You tiny brain the whoppers of other people's (laughs) bottoms. That's gonna be one of the best Oh, what is it? It's clearly sewage. Oh. <laughs> Just dumping dung on him. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's horrible. It's so brown and so runny. <laughs> in your heads and make castanets out of oh, your. Whoa, hey! Walk away. <laughs> Just ignore them. Legitimate face <laughs> The hand motions. <laughs> This is why people despise the French, because they kept us from finding the Holy Grail. Now, honestly... I really feel sorry for them. I don't think they could have walked all the way across that moat. This is the part... Yes. ...when I literally stop the DVD, and I'm done watching the movie. Dude, I don't I don't blame you, because it really... The, the incongruity of what's about to happen here really kind of freaks me out, and if... If somebody is actually watching this movie for the first time, I mean, if somebody really, truly is is listening to Half Hour Wasted and watching this movie for the first time ever, it's amazing. I'm going to take this opportunity. Can you hold out to the credits? No, I'm going to take this opportunity. There are no credits. I'm going to take this opportunity. Oh, okay, that's right. The credits rolled at the start of the movie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so uh, it's pretty much uh, The Voice Box, Volume 3 now, and uh, I'm uh, darn glad to be with you. I see the... uh, Cats loading up their trebuchets and uh, hammering their uh, their swords and their weapons of war. Man, this is really weird because I don't have Frank or Brad to play off of. So, you know, I'm just going to have to not be funny all on my own here. Although I, I always wondered, though, 
there's so little budget for this movie. How did they find those eight thousand people? I mean, this this is like, uh, you know, this is like that scene in the Two Towers where they come over the hill and and they run into all the orcs and stuff. And sorry, I was pausing there to let you all enjoy the dialogue. This is it, boys. The final conflict. Wow, this is impressive. I'm really having a good time watching this right now. Wow, and that is an awful lot of extras. Oh, man. Okay, and tell me, how do, like, six bobbies take down an entire army because that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, these guys got pikes, they've got swords and no bobbies notoriously don't carry guns. They've got like billy clubs. So basically they'll bonk you over the head, but the knights just doesn't make any sense. I never could. Oh, hello. Uh, Yeah. It was a, (laughs) it was a good (laughs) thing I left. I'm telling you (laughs) I never understood. Oh man! Like, I, I just I hate that ending so much. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that the that one of the greatest movies ever made has an ending that is so? It just makes you want to cry. <laughs> now it says there's like two and a half minutes left. Yes. I think it's just this I, music for I two and a half minutes. I guess we're going to have to sit here and talk for another two and a half minutes because it's not over yet. No, it's just this music that plays, if memory serves. Yeah, well, it's I mean, just... it's a good opportunity to, uh, you know, reflect on uh, this movie that we just watched. I mean, honestly, I, I really, truly think that, that you know, I mean, first of all, I, I would never put a comedy and a real movie, you know, you'd be comparing apples to elephants. You know, you can't say that Star Wars is as good as Young Frankenstein or vice versa because right. you're not comparing the same things. With that said, I mean, the best comedies of all time, I'm not saying this is number one, because that might be Airplane or Young Frankenstein, but this is clearly in the top three. And, you know, there's just there's just not many movies that uh, compare to this. I mean, even, and this is, I think, I don't know, again, it, it's like, you know, you know, which of your children, you know, is your favorite, but, you know, I mean, this is... Uh, this is more, it's more classic at least than Life of Brian or um, their other movies. <laughs> I mean, now for something completely different is, of course, sketch comedy. Live at the Hollywood Bowl is sketch comedy. Um, I guess uh, The Meaning of Life uh, is also sketch comedy, but at least it's a narrative. You know, it, it has a point, uh, point A and a point B kind of, sort of. Um, but yeah, I mean, is this your favorite? Of the Monty Python movies? It's definitely my favorite Monty Python um, <clears throat> of any Monty Python. You know, even... I mean, even the episodes? Yeah. Really? I would rather watch this. If I could only watch one Monty Python thing... Okay. From, like, starting now, it would be this movie. This is just one of those... This is one of those things that... Of course, I guess with the episodes, too, I've seen them so many times also. I, mean, it's, it's I have like, this movie on my phone. Okay. <laughs> no, I've I've never had uh Monty Python on the Holy Grail on any kind of mobile device. 
um, which I guess is my bad. Now, it says here that Carol Cleveland yes. only played Dingo and Zook. Zook and Dingo. Now, who, so who is the uh, who is the witch? Does it say? Uh, Connie Booth. Connie Booth, yeah. Very good. Yeah, she was the other one that they used a lot. Very good. Oh, and Neil Ennis uh, was uh, Robin's minstrel. Uh, Neil Ennis. Uh, He's the music guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's cool, which explains why he would be the music guy in this movie, too. So looking at the cast here, Graham Chapman was the voice of God, King Arthur, the guard with the hiccups, and the middle head of the three-headed knight. Why do we pronounce hiccups hiccups when it's written out hiccoughing? Because I think this is person that wrote this. Mm-hmm. That's either the English spelling or this person's. That's the, the Queen's English? Yeah. Not, uh, not the President's English? There's a big difference. John Cleese was Sir Lancelot. Was the second soldier in the opening <laughs> scene? The man with, the man in plague scene with body. Okay. Man in plague scene. Oh, he's the one that brings the, the old man who's not quite dead. Yes. He was a black knight, third villager, French taunter, and Tim the Enchanter. And that list isn't complete. Because which of Arthur's knights was he? Oh, Lancelot. It's right here. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Yes. Other Terry, Okay, other roles. Yeah. Got it. Got Terry it, got Gwynn it. was okay. Patsy. He was the old man in scene 24 and yes. a bridge keeper. Nice. He was the Green Knight. I didn't know I that. I did not know that. And Ooh, he was Boars. And the first to be killed by the rabbit. And he was Boars. He was great gnashing teeth. Sir Robin. Uh, Eric Isle. Sir Robin, the dead collector, the first villager, confused guard at Swamp Castle, Concord, <laughs> Roger the Shrubba. And Brother Maynard. I think Roger the Shrubber was my favorite of his roles. And I want that hairstyle one of these days. I love that that blue widow's peak he was uh, throwing down. Yeah. Terry Jones was Sir Bedivere. Dennis's mother. Oh, that was, I didn't realize that that old woman was his mother. Oh, was that Dennis's mother? Okay. <laughs> the left head of the... How does Wikipedia night. know that? Prince Herbert and voice of the cartoon scribe. Okay. Michael Poe and Mr. Galahad, the first soldier in the opening scene. Dennis. Wow, that's awfully specific. Second villager, right head of the three-headed knight, king of Swamp <laughs> Castle, the monk who read from the Book of Armaments, mm-hmm. and the main knight who says knee, and he was also the narrator. Interesting. And then, of course, Neil Innes was Sir Robin's minstrel. Also, monk, page, crushed by a wooden rabbit, and fourth villager. And the John Young, he played the historian, and he also was the man who's not dead yet. Oh, really? Okay. Well, good. They found a uh, they found a way to really, really work him in there. That's excellent. Um, in the 2007 DreamWorks film Shrek the Third includes a scene in which a character is banging coconuts together to simulate the sounds of horses' hooves. Wow. So was that? An homage to Monty Python, or was that just a lame ripoff? Well, reading, continuing reading, he says... And it was DreamWorks, after all. Yeah. Uh, although John, both John Cleese and Eric Idle appeared in the film, Idle stated that he did not know of, nor did not approve of, the use of the gag in the film. Thank you. He claims to be considering suing the producers for the unauthorized use of the gag, while the producers claimed they were honoring Idle and Cleese by its use. I can see it that way. Yeah, I mean, of course the, the producers were honoring the Monty Python crew with its use. But still, 
I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, well, there's a difference between homage and uh, I'm not saying they were stealing it, but again, this is DreamWorks we're talking about. This ain't Pixar. If it was Pixar, Pixar gets a pass. DreamWorks, they got some splaining to do, huh? Wow. So, uh, so the movie cost 229,000 British pounds and uh, has made over $80 million. That's, that, boys and girls, is, thank you, pounds, that is return on investment. That ROI is high. Look, mm-hmm. the original release okay. of the movie was 87 minutes. Okay. It says the 2001 release is 88 minutes because <laughs> of the extra 24 seconds. They're rounding up. <laughs> yeah, the extra 24 seconds. Well, does that include, uh, uh, does that include uh, uh, Dentist on the Job or whatever that was? No, I don't think so. Wow. I'm still bummed out that we didn't get to see more of a dentist or doctor on the job. Let me read this. As an extension of the group's penchant, 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 penchant for never abiding to a generic formula, the 2001 DVD release of the film commences with the British form of film censors certification for dentist on the job, a film, quote, passed as more suitable for exhibition to adult audiences, end quote followed by its grainy black-and-white opening titles nearly two minutes of the film itself. Uh, during the opening scene of Dentist on the Job, the projectionist, played by Terry Jones, realizes it is the wrong film and puts the correct one on. Dentist on the Job was a 1961 comedy starring Bob Monkhouse. Dentist on the Job's alternate title is Get On With It, a phrase that appears multiple times throughout Holy Grail. Okay, stop the presses. So... There really was a show called Dentist on the Job. Yeah. They didn't just make that up no, it looked, for the release. It looked totally made up. It looked thoroughly made up. It was amazing. That that There's no way. I mean, maybe there was a show called Dentist on the Job, but I can't believe that we saw a clip from it. Because when he goes into the dentist shop or the apothecary or whatever it was, um, you know, there's all that, uh, what, Dream, D-R-E-E-M toothpaste yeah i mean it's just it's huge i mean it's 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 parody at that point speaking of parody uh, hope everybody enjoyed uh, uh twilight uh, saga's eclipse uh hope okay. you all enjoyed it because i will not be enjoying it i just um went to imdb and mm-hmm. i searched dentist on the job okay and the first thing that came back see is the 1961 oh. <laughs> film Get on with it. Film? Yeah. Also known as Dentist on the Job. That was the original title, apparently. So that's a movie? I also see it's down 6% in popularity this week. Yeah, what, what? Where does that come from? It also gets a very poor rating. I wonder what uh, Rotten Tomatoes has to say about it. I don't know, but it's got... It's a real movie from 1961. Unbelievable. So Bob Monkhouse is a real human. Well, good for you. Good for you, Mr. Bob Monkhouse. Carry on TV. Yeah, what was that? What? what? I'm, I'm totally confused now. This film, was that a TV show or a movie? In the trivia section for Get On With It on IMDb, it says, mm-hmm. This film is occasionally referred to as Carry On TV, but has no official connection with the Carry On series of films. I don't know. I'm thoroughly confused. 
The opening titles and a portion of the first scene of this movie appear on the Monty Python and the Holy Grail special edition DVD. The voice is eventually heard mumbling that it's the wrong movie, and Holy Grail starts instead. Wow. Okay, so it was a movie. All right. I wonder what made him decide to do that. And was it just super easy to uh, get the rights to uh, run the first two minutes of uh, Dentist on the Job? I'm, by the way, going to refer to it as Dentist on the Job because I'm much more amused by that. Yeah, I know. That's funny. That that just sounds like a fake movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they had me uh, convinced that it was fake. And did that uh, did that air in the theaters, or is it just for the DVD release? Just for the DVD release. Really? Because of course I had never seen that until the DVD release. And again, uh, we we obliquely referred to this earlier, but uh, if you put the DVD into the player and you uh, you know you start the movie, it starts with that two minute clip, dentist right. on the job, and then. From there, it fades to black, fades up on the uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail movie proper. Um, if you get into the Monty Python uh, part of the movie, um, you cannot rewind to the dentist on the job. Yeah, you have to pop it's, the DVD out. Yeah, yeah. We uh, uh, Right before we got started, uh, we watched it. It's very short. Uh, we got into the movie. We kind of skipped into the movie a bit just to make sure like the subtitles were on and working and all that. Uh, because on my DVD player, uh, it's a Blu-ray player, I couldn't just hit the subtitles button from my remote. So we had to actually go to the menu and activate the subtitles the hard way, which is a pain. So when we did that, um, again, we uh, we tried to back up. And uh, you'll notice the Dentist on the Job is two chapters. Monty Python and the Holy Grail is 28 chapters. And uh, the twain do not meet. Let me read this, please, from the trivia section of the IMDb entry for Monty Python and the Holy mm-hmm. Grail. Two weeks before location shooting was scheduled to begin, the Scottish Department of the Environment withdrew permission for the Pythons to shoot within their castles, wow. saying that the film script would be, quote, incompatible with the history and fabric, unquote, of the castles. Really? The interiors of Camelot and Swamp Castle <laughs> and the exteriors of Castle Anthrax... Uh, and the French castle and the opening castle were all shot at Dune Castle with various rooms redecorated and reused many times. Wow. Recently rebuilt Castle Stalker was used for the Castle Arg. <laughs> Both of these were privately owned and could be used. The okay. Constitutional Peasants Castle and Camelot are each 10-foot-high plywood models. Hence... <laughs> Hence Pat Passy's comment. That's only a model. It's only a model. Which had a tendency to blow over in the middle of each take. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the trailer shows another end joke with King Arthur knighting someone who just built a large castle, but when the plywood building falls over, Arthur stabs him. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's too much, man. Some major scenes that were scripted were never filmed. Were additional knights who say knee scenes. Really? Yeah. Um, use those. Additional police detective scenes. Several scenes where Arthur and the knights meet King Brian the Wild. <laughs> okay. After, <laughs> after the bridge keeper, they come upon the boat keeper. He who would okay. cross the sea of fate must answer me these questions 28. <laughs> 
<laughs> Arthur and his knights end up finding the Holy Grail at Herod's department store. Well, where else would you find something that impressive than at Herod's? If you were, uh, you know what Herod's is? It's like a it's Neiman Marcus. Okay. Kind of, it's, a, it's a totally high end. It's, it's famous over there on the British Isles. And uh, yeah, I say it's totally high end. I've never been there myself. But I still think I'm right. So, uh, so call in, people, if you've uh, got any opinions on that. Actually, you're probably going to have to wait for episode 200. Then call in. Save. Write your question down now or your comment about what I just said. And uh, put it away and save it. And then bring it out, uh, spit it up, and, uh, and call in uh, for uh, episode 200. So. The establishing shot showing the forest of Ewing is actually stock footage of Yosemite Valley. Okay. Okay. Now, was that the uh, the the kind of the high mountain, uh, the mountainous terrain-looking yeah, so. stuff? That would explain why it looked out of place in Scotland. John Cleese, as Tim the Enchanter, actually stood on the pinnacle seen at the beginning of his scene. On one side was a drop he said could have killed him, and on the other side was a drop he said could have maimed him. <laughs> <laughs> to make matters worse, the wind kept threatening to push him over either side. Between takes, he would crouch down to avoid being pushed over by the wind. Uh, the whole experience was one he remembers as being very frightening, but he did it anyway because he knew what kind of budget the time and timelines they had to work with. Oh, man. Makes me want to go back and rewatch it. Premiere Magazine voted this movie as one of the 50 greatest comedies of all time in 2006. What? Well, number one, what is Premier Magazine? Is that European or something? Have I ever heard of or seen a Premier Magazine in in America? I have. Where we know what comedies are. And, uh, and, and I'm going to assume that when they name this one of the top 50 movies in America, it's actually like number four or number two or something. Of course, those pinheads probably had this at number 37 or something. I, I would like to know what they actually had this ranked. Dang, I wish my I wish my computer was on. I would look that up right now. The girl who played the witch, Connie Booth. Yes. At the time, she and John Cleese were married. Really? Okay. Terry Gilliam was supposed to direct the film, but during the filming, he became exasperated with the actors and they with him. At one point, he gave up directing altogether and took a nap under a nearby tree. <laughs> at this point, Terry Jones took up directing in his stead, which is why they are both credited as directors. I heard in that... Um, commentary and also in that documentary I told you about. Okay. Uh when it came to directing the actors like in yes. personal scenes, Terry Jones would do that part. Okay. Then all the other stuff that was non-actor related, okay. you know, Terry Gilliam would would do that. <laughs> Interesting cuz uh, Terry Gilliam sure figured out how to work with actors. During one of the first screenings of the film in front of a live audience, Director Terry Jones noticed that when the music was played during the jokes, there was a marked reduction of laughter from the audience. Really? He went back and edited the music out whenever a punchline was delivered. At subsequent screenings, he noticed a dramatic increase in the audience's positive reactions to the jokes. From that point on, whenever he directed, he remembered to stop the music for the funny parts. Interesting. That's uh, information that an editor can use. 
and this, really anybody in post production. This part here, um, they go into in a lot of depth in the uh, documentary. Uh, Graham Chapman's alcoholism, which he tried to suppress with antabuse, I guess that's a drug, I guess, caused huh. problems during the filming and not just through his repeatedly forgetting his lines. The first day of shooting required Chapman to cross the bridge of death. Oh, man. When working on Monty Python's Flying Circus, Chapman had been used to drinking heavily to calm his nerves. He quickly discovered to his dismay that the crew had no alcohol on the set. Oh, no. And the nearest town was too far away for a quick trip to purchase any alcohol consequently he was visibly stressed shaking sweating and moving slowly throughout the scene yet he was known to be an experienced rock climber not knowing about his alcoholism the crew wondered if chapman's heavy costume caused the stress it was actually alcohol wow. alcoholism induced dts wow so that that um that documentary i can't remember what it's called but it's so good what the heck is that documentary called you have any idea what I'm talking about? You know, Steve. You talking, talking about that six parter? Yeah, that you're referencing. Um, son of a gun. No, I've I've seen the name before, but I'm not. Steven is uh, I'm not seeing it in my mind right now. So it's called Monty you. Python: Almost the Truth. Yes. Yes. Okay. And if you love Monty Python, it's well worth watching. And it was what each part was an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like an hour long. Yeah. Deal. So that's great. So. Devote six hours to your life and enjoy that. I watched it on the a plane a um, couple of hours here, a couple of hours back. Okay. Uh, on one of my trips I took. That's the way to do it. Yeah, you do it on your computer year. or did you do it yeah. on your uh, your IMAX phone? No, I didn't have the phone at that time. It's I too played, bad. It, played it on my Blu-ray on my laptop. That phone is like, like 17-inch di- diagonal screen, man. That thing is huge. Yeah, it's larger than my foot. I mean, it's like bigger than an iPad. It's amazing. I could actually and strap, it's a phone. It, strap it to the bottom of my foot and use it to walk th- in the snow. That's a good point. Have you ever tried that? No. I've got a camera that goes underwater. I know. Oh, you know what? Ashley was talking about that. And she mm-hmm. goes, so does that mean if I grab the phone from Bill and like put it in the sink <laughs> underwater, it'll still work? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but. It doesn't mean you need to try Yeah, you probably. <laughs> she's a pyromaniac. <laughs> When I'm not watching, okay, she's lighting matches. Really? Yeah. I don't know what the deal and is. Why do you let her buy matches? No, when we're at my folks' house, okay, they have a in their office game room. They have a a huge wicker basket full of matchbooks that they've collected throughout their marriage. Actually. Oh my gosh! Some of them are forty years old. Wow! And so the ones on top obviously are newer. But when I'm not looking, Ashley will go in there <laughs> and she'll pull out some matches and just start striking them and obviously you can smell it yeah smell the sulfur or whatever but anyway that's that's a great i love that smell yeah especially if i've just made wind it really helps quite a bit it's a pleasant note to finish on bill thank you for watching this movie with me thank you for watching this movie with yourself and me in attendance also with my commentary that was occasionally lucid again we watched the Special edition, two-disc version of the ultimate, definitive, final special edition DVD. And we'd like to hope that uh, we didn't bore you completely. And uh, quite possibly, uh, many of you that uh, listen to this and watch the movie will still be awake at this point. So, um, if so, bully for you. 
How far are we? Now in I'm wondering, episode? are you going to be able to? We're, we're like two hours. Two in, hours dude. and four minutes. All right, man. That's fine. This is a callback to the good old days when we used to do two hour long shows. I know. Yeah, we should be proud of ourselves. You know what? We might not even put Frank in this show. I mean, unless Frank wants, uh, unless wants Frank wants to make this a really long show. I think we should just call Frank and tell him to forget all about it. Yeah, because we haven't even put the uh, you haven't even put the open in yet. No, in fact, that's going to be another minute or two. In fact, I'm going to text him right now. Mm-hmm. But another cool thing about this phone, yeah, is that I can just talk my texts. Oh man! See, and again, I've I've got a, a Vlingo app for BlackBerry, but every time I actually press the button and try to do something, it says this is a paid feature, and then I turn it off and. And, and I'm disgusted. Here we go. And wanted. Oh, shh. Frank. Oh, I, I paused. Okay, it got the word oh, Frank. Processing. Here what did it actually, did it actually yeah, get the word wrote, Frank? Yeah, it did. Wow, that's awesome. Frank. Okay, ready? Here's more. Bill and I just finished recording, and we think the show will be too long for a segment from you. Oh, it. It stopped. Why would halfway. it do that? That was a long sentence. Does it stop when you pause or yeah, something? I think so. So you just have to keep talking without yeah. a break? Wow, you could use Eric Idle for that. Here we go. Recording a two-hour episode. And I've stopped. And Okay, so you got it. So now I'm going to put a period there. Um, space, space, space. And then I'll say, we decided... To just do a show with the two of us. See how he likes that. Enjoy those them apples. We decided to just do a show with the two of us. And then one more. How do you like those apples? <laughs> and it's processing. And it says, how do you like those apples? Question mark. Send. Ha ha. Nice. Frank is out. Frank is right out. All right, so... If, if Frank is the heart and you and I are some ghastly combination of the id and the ego, then we have managed to excise the heart from this show, finally. Yay. But we'll get it back one of these days. It's midnight. You think I should have texted him at midnight? Of course. By the way, why are you texting me at 4.30 in the morning? Say what? I said I got a text from you this morning at 4.30. I wasn't up at four thirty, sir. I was asleep by ten thirty last night. I uh, I blame that on the uh, the network. I've gotten, dude. I got uh, three or four days ago. I got a birthday wish on Facebook that was dated February sixteenth. Really? True story. I'm I'm totally serious. And that's not the first one. I had another one um, like a few months ago um, that was you know, weeks after my birthday that was dated like on my birthday, uh, which is not in fact, February 16th, by the way. So don't try to use that information to uh, get a uh, credit card. In my name Four thirty-six AM. Oh, snooker, et cetera. Let's see. That was weird. All right. All right. I'll f- I'm going to, f- I'm going to get to the bottom of this mystery. We've totally ruined everybody's evening. We have completely wasted time. Okay. What? If you guys, what? Like the show. It says I sent this at 4.36 in the morning, which is weird because 
I was asleep by 10.30 last night. That's I didn't when wake I got up. It. Well, that's what it says here. It says sent Friday at 4.36. Maybe it was in the queue. I guess. Mm. It wouldn't be the first time. But it was only it was a two-word text. It's not like it had to think about it too hard. So, you know, I might whatever. cut out a bunch of this crap. Yeah, I wouldn't blame uh, I wouldn't blame people for diving out their uh, their windows uh, trying to listen to the last uh, 10 minutes of this. So. I might cut a bunch of it All out. All right, you do that. Get it under two hours, dog. Maybe so. All right. Oh, well, hey. It was our pleasure. If this doesn't get cut out, it was uh, nice having you with us. Well, this part won't be cut out because we're closing the show. Okay. Let us know if uh, this was a complete waste of time or if, if you guys enjoyed our mm-hmm. thoughts and feelings about the show. And I'd also like to you to let us know how much better we do this than Legion of Dudes. It's very important to us. Oh! <laughs> no, they're the good... They're the masters. Yeah, well, they have like 57 people doing it, so they probably have a lot more to say. Brad and I, let's face it, man. We were we were reaching, so... Yeah, yeah hey, that's true. It's good. But sometimes I just get lost in Michael Palin's eyes, man. <sighs> you know? He's dreamy. He's dreamy. And John Cleese's broad shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks Frank, for listening. Frank, read the boilerplate. Frank's boilerplate. I'm going to re- rewrite Frank's boilerplate. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, the last few shows I haven't been paying attention while Frank's okay. been reading his boilerplate. I know. Nobody does. And if I'm... If I remember correctly, I I think he still is talking, mentioning the extended edition in the boilerplate. Okay, but the extended edition is no more. Really, it's just it's just content. It's just LOD content, huh? Well, there is no more extended edition feed. Oh, there is no more extended edition podcast. Yeah, I never got that stuff in the first place. Yeah, I, I never understood the delineation between extended edition and just an LOD show. Well, because the LOD shows focus on. Yeah, um, they post know, on topics, and the extended edition depth, was just kind of whatever they wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, we did the lost reviews on the extended oh, okay. edition. Oh, okay, okay. They would do the pull list. They oh, would okay. do some other stuff. So um, they've decided to start doing some of those types of shows as their regular episodes. Yeah, because I, I don't know about them, but you know, or, or you, or Frank for that matter, but for me, content is so hard to come up with. Why would you just want to waste on a show that's not even... Uh, you know, an actual property. It's me, man. We do that weekly on this show. Yeah. I mean, we save every last morsel of, of content that's even remotely amusing and pack it into the shows every week. That's why you guys listen. And that's why we do this. It's because you guys listen to us for some unknown reason. If you're a listener who's never, uh, let us know that you're listening. You know, sometimes we'll get, like I'll get Facebook notes or we'll get emails or something. Mm-hmm. Or um, If you are a listener who's never let us know that you're actually listening, let us know. You know, Hit us up on Facebook or, or send us an email at halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Bill there's, Mc- there's another way you can get a hold of us. Yes. Bill is now on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as Brad Milo, one word. Um, Frank and I also uh, will tweet under the name Half Hour Wasted, one word, and usually it's just me lately. I think Frank's kind of over the Twitter thing. <laughs> but if you follow Half Hour Wasted, you can get stuff about the show and random thoughts and whatnot. If you follow Brad Milo, one word, uh, M-I-L-Y-O, you can follow me and 
Bill, the voice McGonnell, is now on Twitter. He is the voice HHW. And I think the V is capitalized. I wonder if capitalization matters. I, I hope uh, Case is not sensitive in this case. Yeah, it's follow uh, Bill at the voice HHW. Yeah, because the voice is taken. Bill, the voice is taken. The yeah, heck's going on out there? There's an actual guy named Bill the Voice out there, I think. Really? My throat hurts, man. That stinks. Dang. It's just all of a sudden, it's, it's tickling like I want to cough. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter. Frank's apparently too good for Twitter. He doesn't have his own Twitter. Yeah. Um, so follow us uh, at Half Hour Wasted, at The Voice HHW, and at Brad Milo. Yeah, I mean, I always thought that Twitter was just kind of a, a goofy idea because... Why would anybody want to know what I thought about almost anything in this world? Um, and that's one of the reasons why I came with my own tweet. It was uh, it was my way of uh, tweaking the establishment. But I've finally been badgered into getting a Twitter account, and um, it took me about a week to get completely hopelessly addicted to it, like a crack addict. So there you go. Please enjoy my tweets. I um I have Bill's Twitter updates sent to me to my phone as a text message. And um, ah. I think I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to have to deactivate that feature. Okay. Because you tweet so dang much. I, I know people who tweet far more than I do, sir. Is that a full bottle of water? Yeah, it looks like it's been opened. Has it been opened? Yeah, you're, you're more than welcome. You can have my water there if you want it. No, I'm good. Okay. I'll get a drink here. All right. Very yeah, so good. follow us on Twitter and all that other stuff that Frank usually says in the boilerplate. Mm-hmm. Except for the extended edition, which is non-existent. Excellent. So, but you can still listen to all those old shows if you want to go to the uh, website. Thank you, Archives. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for listening. I'm literally about to just die of coughing. Yes. It's, the more I talk, the more it tickles. He's the great and powerful Brad, and I'm little old Bill, and we've enjoyed bringing you this edition of Half Hour Wasted. I beg it.